Today I'm continuing to share some thoughts, and I know we have more to come, so those of you who are used to hearing me speak, um, this will be abbreviated, because we've got more partying to do in a moment. <clears throat> um, but I'm continuing to share some of my thoughts um, on the changes ahead. And as I said, I forgot to bring the remote, so Matthew, we'll just do it this way. All right, so let's go to the next one. Um, I just want to say, as I said last week, we are experiencing, hallelujah, we're having a revival here. All right, um, running the aisles and waving our shoes. All right, um, we are in a season as a church of unprecedented change. And I just want to say it again, change is simply change. It is not inherently good or bad, it is just different. I know we've all experienced changes in our lives that were positive, and undoubtedly we've experienced some that were not so much. There have been some changes that didn't turn out as well as we expected, and there are other changes that turned out far better than we expected. Some we thought, oh, this is going to be great. Eh. Some we thought, oh, this is terrible. And it's like, oh, that worked out great. So I ask you to repeat with me like I did last week. Change is simply change. Say it out loud. Change is simply change. Change it. Say it like you mean it. For those of you who are connected here and have been connected over the next several weeks, try to say it without reaching for the Kleenex. But anyway, I'm, I'm struggling there. You can go to the next one, Matt. From my perspective, as we continue to move forward, many things about caring community will change. Some things will not and a few things must not. Some changes will be more personal in nature, while others will have a broader impact upon the day-to-day ministry of caring community. As I told you last week, I had originally planned to do a separate message on what will change, another message on what will not change, another message on what must not change. But as the time approached, I realized the separation was not going to be anywhere near that clearly defined. Today, against the backdrop of baby dedication, which we've just done, and against the backdrop of baptism, which is yet to come, I want to share some of my thoughts, again, about some things that will change, but I want to say a word or two about, in my opinion, what must not change. And I will start with what we just did. Baby dedications will look different. It's just going to be that way. Um, I, I, the guys did this to me Thursday night, and I'm going to do it today, and I, I know I shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyway. If you're here today and I dedicated you, if, if you're here and I dedicated you when you were a child or an infant, would you stand? All right. Now, if you're here today and I dedicated your child or children, would you stand? Uh, 
All right. If you're here today and I dedicated your grandchildren, would you stand? Some of you have been around long enough, and again, sometimes the change is subtle and we don't notice it. There was a day when my little book that I have it in was written in pencil, and I just erased names and wrote the appropriate name in. And in that dedication, I didn't do a blessing, and what I did was present a rose, because that's what I think the pastor who dedicated our children did, and I talked about the symbolism of the rose, and to be honest with you, I don't even remember what I said, but I'm sure it was great. Uh, but, (laughs) But it looked different. And then there was a period of time where I got inspired and I, and we just really wanted to speak into families' lives. And so there were some really cool books. And when we dedicated a child, we bought a book and we gave the book to the family. And that was, I was anybody remember that? Anybody have one of those books? Oh, okay. I'm sure you do, but you forgot. But anyway, um, so there was a period of time where we would buy, we would go to the Christian bookstore back in the day and we would buy dedication cards. And we would sign a card. Dinah would make it out because my writing's terrible and I would scratch out my signature. And, and that's what we would present. Then somewhere along the line, I started doing the blessing thing. And I have to confess to you, I have no idea where that came from. I may have borrowed the concept from somebody. I just don't have a clue. Uh, there was a period of time where in addition to doing blessing, I would get fancy with the font and get some cool paper and I would actually print out the blessing and give people a copy of the blessing for them to put in their baby scrapbook or throw away or whatever. I don't know. <clears throat> and then we got to the point where we got all high tech and we print our own certificates. I just want to say, we don't do it now the way we did it then. And you won't do it down the road the way we've done it in the past. And that's okay. Different change is not bad. And your next pastor, and the pastor after that, and the pastor after that, will need for your good and for their good to put their own unique personal touches. I'm I'm very, very confident that lots and lots and lots, hopefully most, if not all pastors, would watch me do a baby baby dedication and think about how they could do it better. And that's awesome. So please, 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 understand it's going to be different, and that's okay. Nod your heads. All right. So let me say that again. Please, please, please understand things will be different and that's okay. So when you're sitting here someday and things are different and you start to think, that's not okay, hear my nagging voice saying, it's okay. So in a moment, we're going to do baptism. And I'll do it again. I was stunned Thursday night because, uh, again, my memory's not that great. And it used to be my memory, my my record keeping was even worse than my memory. The problem is I didn't start keeping good records before my memory started to go. So there's some there's some voids. 
But if I had the privilege of participating in your baptism, would you stand? Cool. All right. So let's do a little history lesson. We were not always fortunate enough as a church to own a horse tank. All right. Okay. I, I mean, it was tough. The earliest baptisms for caring community that I recall, we borrowed, because there was a time where, again, you remember how I told you that I used to want to be like other pastors? And, and so we would borrow another church so we could use their formal baptismal tank up on the platform the way apparently real churches do it. Um, and so the first ones I remember were at the Albion Free Methodist Church. Now, if you're from Albion, you understand that that's not even the Albion Free Methodist Church anymore. It's different. So stuff changes. We used it several times. And back then, it was a big tank. I mean, you walked into it. And I got in the water with them, which was cool. All right? We stopped doing that because the last time we used it, I'm thinking maybe maybe seven people, and I think some of them are in the room. Um, and I got a call that day from the staff at that church and said, we got the tank full, but the heater's not working. That was probably the last time we went there, if you understand what I'm saying. Because most folks got in and out. I was in for the whole deal. All right. So anyway, but but again... And then one one time, I can't even tell you the date. I can't even tell you who we baptized. But I had a friend who was a pastor at the Rives Wesleyan Church, which isn't even there anymore. And we borrowed their tank. And we went and had service there. We did lots of baptisms at the Owens Pool. Um, we did baptism in the river at Victory Park. Speaking of down to the river. Um then we began to become strong and independent and we borrowed a horse tank. We weren't ready to go all in and buy our own. <laughs> but again, we, I went into Tractor Supply one day and asked if they had a tank and I, they said, yup. And they said, what are you going to use it for? And I said, I'm going to baptize people in it. And how much is it? And I must have grimaced when he told me. And the manager said, you just going to dunk people in it? Yep. You going to bring it right back? Yep. He says, you can borrow it. <laughs> so as long as that manager was there, whenever we planned a baptism, I'd go hit him up. We'd haul a tank here. We'd haul it back. And then they had a change of staff, and we splurged and bought one. Some of you know that over the course of time, our wonderful tank, as I used and abused and stored it outside and did all kinds of stuff, it began to leak. And so we would do a baptism and we very quickly start to pump, probably before we were done singing the last song, because we wanted to get up. We used to do, do it up here, but because it was leaking, we didn't want it up here, we put it down there. So, but now we have a wonderfully flex seal restored tank that we're using today. All of that to say, it's different.
There were times that we did baptism outside for the fireworks. There were times that we did baptism over by that door at 12.01 on New Year's Day. So our first act of a new year was to baptize some of the people in this room today. There were times that Band of Brothers, right where Jimmy's sitting, Band of Brothers dunked Jimmy right where he's at. I think Jimmy thinks he has to sit there because that's where he was when he baptized. I'm not sure. There was a time just before the COVID nonsense. Again, not everybody knew at the time, but because I knew the tank leaked, I didn't want it near the platform, so we put it in the middle of the room. And I thought, well, that's going to look weird. So I rearranged the chairs to make the tank the focal point so everybody think I did it for a spiritual reason. I was just worried about the leakage, all right? (laughs) All of that to say, it's going to be different, and that's okay. To the best of my knowledge, all of those baptisms took uh, from heaven's perspective. What happened after that, I don't know. Most of our baptisms have been planned. But on several occasions, some of them have been spontaneous. Now imagine showing up at church, watching a baptism, and the pastor saying, you know, if you're here and you haven't been baptized and you think it might be something... Let's do it. And people will jump up and say, cool, I'm in. Today, Ernie had signed up to be baptized on Thursday, and he had, and he had to work. Somebody who's currently the pastor of this church forgot to call Ernie and say if he really wanted to be baptized, he could still be baptized today. I forgot. But Ernie said, okay, I didn't bring a change of clothes, but I'll do it. I did offer him my towel, but I'm not offering him my pants. All right. Um, Not that he would want them. Um, I have not today, when I bring the guys up here, I will ask them to make three confessions of faith, and and I will lead them through it. I have not always done that. At some point in time, I thought that would be cool. Some of you know, again, back in the day, not only, and again, some of you were part of this, not only did we borrow a baptismal tank because we wanted to be like a real church, we borrowed baptismal gowns because you were supposed to wear a special gown when you got baptized. I would go to our church in Battle Creek, and I'd say, we're baptizing how many people? They'd show me to the closet, and I'd sort through, and well, this will fit. Oh, that's never going to fit Lynn Turner, but it's as close as we got. Um, and, and And then at some point, I don't know how, why, we stopped. People have been baptized in their dress clothes. They've been baptized in a swimsuit and T-shirt. We've uh, given them T-shirts that say redeemed on the front and Christ-centered on the back. We've given them T-shirts that said (laughs) Christ-centered family focused on the front and redeemed on the back. It changes. Our region is encouraging us to use a shirt like this that talks about changed life and destiny and legacy. 
and 22 million. That's how many people need Jesus to our knowledge in our region. So they encourage us. So things may be different. Someone new may say, I have a grand vision and let's use our baptismal shirts to reflect that vision. And that's a good thing. Future pastors will do it differently and that's okay. Oh my, somebody got long-winded. Um, baby dedications and baptisms also represent what must not change. Why the church exists. The church exists to be about new life and life change. And those things represent that. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, and I'm just cherry-picking some familiar verses. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Dedication and baptism tie us to that. Luke chapter 18, we read that people were bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. That's why we exist. We exist because there are people who need Jesus. We exist because we need to help children of all ages be drawn to him. Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, you've heard it many times. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And then first, excuse me, second Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. That's why we exist. And that must not change. It can look different. You can rent tuxedos and formal gowns to baptize. But lives need to be changed. And young lives need a safe environment in which they can learn and grow into being young men and young women, men and women who are pursuing life change. In Jesus Christ. How the church does what it does must change. However, the core reasons behind what we do, some of the why behind what we do must not change because people always need a real, personal, life-changing relationship with God. And that is why this church exists. And that must not change. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for these people, and I thank you for them letting me share my heart. And I pray that we can all, myself included, we can all grasp the necessity, the beauty, and the urgency of change. And I pray that no matter what changes and what doesn't change, we will always be willing to pay the price to make sure that we don't lose sight of why we exist 
And we are always driven to be a part of life change for all generations. Thank you, Father. Amen.